Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Going to look at a very fun alternative comic today, Ed. Bit of a bootleg. Before we do, I do want to pay some bills. Everybody, reminder that we have patreon.com slash cartoonist kayfabe now up and running. Three levels there that you can support. Get access to our videos early. If you're a king kayfaber, you can actually sit in on our recording sessions and uh, have some back and forth, have a little conversation. Comes in very handy whenever we have a guest coming up. Get to talk to the uh, king kayfabers and get some extra extra feedback before we dive in. So a lot of benefits there. You also stay ahead of the kayfabe effect. If there's a book you see, you can get it early before there's a uh, bidding war for it. Like this one. Yes. Also, we are working cartoonists. So one of the best ways to support cartoonists kayfabe is to buy our books. Hulk, Grand Design, Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, Street Angel, Princess of Poverty, and The Plain Janes are my latest books. Red Room, Trigger Warnings, and Antisocial Network, and two issues available for pre-order of Crypto Killers, the third volume of Red Room, now available. So hit up your local comic store to pre-order those, that new mini-series. Um, other Ed Piscor books, Hip Hop Family Tree, X-Men Grand Design, and WYSIWYG, also available wherever you buy your books and comics. So, Ed, we are going to look at Cooper Skeeber. Issue number two, the Marvel Benefit issue. This comes out in 1997. I think it was done to have something at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, this is a little bit before my time. I bought this aftermarket. So this is right about when I start getting into indie comics, but I'm not going to Comic-Con in 1997, let alone tracking down where this stuff is at that point. I probably found this on eBay a couple years later. Um, but it is a bunch of cartoonists that we would think of as like alternative. It's the second generation of alternative con comics artist and it is headed by tom devlin who did high water books at the time so a lot of the artists that he was publishing through high water books there are fort thunder artists in here and you guys at home tom devlin is now editor-in-chief at drawn and quarterly publisher I, yeah like... i can't remember his exact title but he's a high he's number two at drawn and quarterly so has had a long career in comics and he's one of the guys that i credit with really updating the design quality of comics those high water books I would go back and buy those based on their design because yeah. he would have like spot varnishes, spot colors, just really different shapes kind and of sizes. thoughtful ideas when it came to making books. And I think that's a real legacy there. So this comes out of that time period. He's a publisher at this time and he enlists a bunch of artists starting with Seth on this cover and boy, Seth, I wish he had a couple of superhero comics that we could buy because he's so, his, his, his style to me is so complimentary with, these superhero characters. Yeah, it's true. And uh, you cannot overstate the importance and the power of this image here in relation to the very divisive alternative comics landscape and mainstream comics. They were as far removed. There's an ocean separating the two. And you could have your foot in one side, but you couldn't be in both. And especially at the high levels, like, like Seth was... He, you know, he's the drawn and quarter darling. It's like Seth and Chester Brown. Like that's the, that's the DNQ cats. So they were, you know, the top cartoonists of that brand of comics. And to just deign to use any of your time <laughs> to, to draw like a very um, respectful, you know, Marvel illustration. It just was never done. It was never done at this time. Uh, those guys were breaking down doors that Jimmy and I get to walk through and uh, they were fighting an upstream battle against a company like Marvel that is actively, you know, buying time on printing presses just so that other people can't even have an opportunity to, to even publish their books. Yeah, the thing that Gary Groth and the Comics Journal would rail against was Marvel's policy of, we'll just keep publishing more books to not only get the printing presses, 
but also to take up the shelf space in comic book shops. Yeah. Um, it was it was very public the uh, the way these companies were kind of. Uh, I don't know, against each other, yeah. let's say. So, so, yeah, there was a very clear line between alternative comics and a Marvel DC comic. And uh, this book, one of the early books that really crosses that line, almost flaunting, standing on both sides of it Mar and having fun. Marvel uh, Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Man, they bought Fleer all that. So you see at the bottom there, it's a Marvel benefit issue very in a very tongue-in-cheek yes. fashion. Do you remember that time? Were you reading comics journals and stuff? Because they would talk about yeah. like McFarlane maybe he's going to buy Spider-Man. There was like all <laughs> kinds of weird conversations. And who knows if there was any validity to any of it. But I remember it being kind of a, an interesting time for that stuff. So the cool end pages are uh, the thing drawn by like all these different artists. So you get to see like all these strange interpretations of the thing almost godzilla down here oh yeah um this this reminds me of like the ivan brunetti you know like draw the circles and make all the faces a lot of fun stuff there kind of again you know highlighting devlin and put, puts together a good book so we're just going to flip through and uh you know call out what you see ed but these are classic marvel characters done by a wide range of cartooning styles off the bat you see the reverence uh, that people have it's it's a roast but like these are legitimate stories to the point where you know we'll see the James Kachalko uh, Hulk Hulk story uh, when you turn the page Axel Alonso I believe is the guy who, I think so, who, yeah. who actually commissioned like buys this story yep. to publish in a Hulk annual I believe it was yeah that's that's my understanding of it as well put some color on it but yeah absolutely and that's one of the fun things with you get these cartoonists who look most of us grew up reading Marvel DC stuff at this age especially even if you were an alternative cartoonist, you probably had a sweet spot for some of these characters. Yeah, and they never, uh, it becomes like, once you get in the game, it's almost like you have to divorce yourself from that, man. Uh, like, it was funny kicking it with uh, the Forge when, when he came, when they came to town, and we were like, at some bar getting some, some tacos or something, he was like, you, if you remember, like, the, the Lose Comics, or like, uh, Perfect Bound, like 40, you know, 60 pages or whatever, and he was like, I still call it prestige format. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and they're legit. Like, here's the Hulk one, good enough for Marvel to eventually buy and publish. Here's Ron Rigi Jr., um, a really great, very unique cartoonist, doing a good Spider-Man story. Same deal. Like, you can read this with no sense of irony and just enjoy it. And it's, a, it's a, about as good a cartoonist as you can get. Just doing a Spider-Man story. The word on the street and the legend around this, I have no idea because uh, if you were young, I was younger uh, in 1997 or whenever this was, man. But this was like an under-the-table item that you, had, see that. that you had to kind of ask about. And Tom De Devlin had to like vet you to see if you could buy a copy. Because, <laughs> I mean, this table is, you know, 50 paces. This is before SDCC like really, really blew up in the biggest way that, that, that we know it today. But like Marvel people could come over right. and, and uh, it's see your table. This Doctor Strange going back through, this is one of my favorite stories in this in this book. And I don't know this artist. It says a squinty rotunda experience. I don't know who that who that is. They're not even credited in the back where, where the credits are. But like, dude, look at the lettering. He's doing this like, I don't know, cubist, weird drawings on top of drawings, con strange consciousness. But he's even like manipulating the lettering. Yeah. So like where this stuff overlaps, you'll see like that W's zoomed in. It's almost slightly different zoom ins yeah. for the lettering. I love that sense of detail. And to me, that's a pretty fun Doctor Strange interpretation. It, it 
there was there might be several hands, man. There could be. Because uh, like the person drawing this, I do not think is the person drawing this bottom stuff. Yeah, it it very well could be, but I just think it's such a cool version of Doctor Strange. You know, that's a character that really lends himself. I don't know if you've seen the trad more Doctor Strange sure. is doing now. It just lends itself to these people who have like a really unique, I don't know, vision. Yeah. And I, and and I'm for all the great Doctor Strange, I wish there was more of these like artists that are really pushing this kind of visuals. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think there is that much great Doctor Strange but beyond, you know, Ditko and some Plug and stuff like that. But uh, didn't Dash Shaw draw a really fascinating uh, Doctor Strange? I, in my mind's eye, I... It's, it's probably in one of those strange tales somewhere, um, is my guess. Because I do remember Dash Shaw doing one. And he's he's another one of those artists, you know, he's yeah. a thoughtful visual artist. So you give him a character that you can really play with the visuals, and you're going to get something, something unique. It's also fun to look at this as just a collection of, like, what is 90s... What are people doing? You know, it's your very early days of internet, but like an alternative cartoonist in the 90s, they really were trying to do something different, you know, trying to create their own styles. I like this Iron Man quite a bit, too. This is an artist that I'm not familiar with, uh, but I like I like that to me is just a badass looking Iron Man. Yeah. Um, you know the name of, of like this person is credited? In I think they're credited in the back. Cool. If you remind me, we'll, we'll look it up. But just the way he's approaching like the hands inside of the armor, I think looks really cool. Yeah, that kind of hatching is interesting. Yeah, it works pretty. Mike Lucy. Yeah, it's not an artist that I know. I don't know anything else that he has done. And it's one of those fascinating things, man. Cause like where like you will, you will go to an SPX, you will see accomplished cartoonists and, yeah. then, and then they go away. You know, there's a revolving door of... of of that kind of cartoonist. I could put together a collection of just those, like they did one book yeah. and it's so good and that's all they ever really did. It's the unmistakable Brian Ralph. Brian Ralph, who probably I see cave in before this because it was one of those um, best of the years in the comics journal. So I'd track those down. Um, cave in for anybody that doesn't know, it has a cool Mike Mignola quote on the back. So if you're like starting to look at this kind of work, very easy to get into and it's wordless, which he's doing in this story too. And this is Man-Thing, Silver Surfer and Galactus. And I love that he uses like do the big splash page for Galactus. How do you make Galactus look huge, you know? Um, again, it's this guy who in my mind is Fort Thunder and super alternative, but guess what? Very good at, he knows these Marvel comics. Yeah, and and, and you have the opportunity here where you, you know, not like that Strange Tale shit where you they vet you for like, well, Jim's doing Machine Man, so you can't do it. Everybody could do the comic that they want to do, man. And he's choosing, you know, some fun like B-listers. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brian Chippendale here. Brian Chippendale is one of my favorites to come out of this group. Definitely a Fort Thunder guy. I looked at his big book, Ninja, yeah. on an episode that you guys can check out. But he would draw in, like, date books and things. Like, this is, I'm guessing, reproduced at size. Yeah. And um, would do weird things like snake reading. Um, on a book like Ninja, that's really effective because Ninja is the size of our backdrop. So if you are following along with little panels and never moving your eyes more than about six inches off the page, you get the effect of like the entire landscape is full of nothing but this world. It's a kind of a fun, a fun uh, cartoonist. And again, like dudes doing stuff that really nobody else is doing. Even to this day, I don't know that anybody's picked up too much of Brian Chippendale's style and run with it. He's another guy that I've gotten to know over the years. Likes Daredevil comics, likes X-Men comics. Isn't he, like, well, I'm not going to put this on him, but there was somebody, Fort Thunders related, I, I imagine, I, I'm just trying to remember, but, like, they um, were putting, like, Avengers, like, modern Avengers issues on fire. And oh, I don't know, maybe. I, I'm not going to put that, that on that him. That wouldn't surprise me. But, but I, I, I kind of remember it, that It happening, rings a but... bell. Yeah, yeah, he would just, he would just uh, grab them, because, like, 
Man, you talk to Jaime, he's like, I go to the comic shop every Wednesday. I go like I go every Wednesday. I look at every single comic, but you know, come back with very few. Um I like he, this stuff too. This is another one of those style-wise that I, I'm pretty happy with. Very, very nineties, man. Like like I like I had uh, comics that, that looked with like these kind of proportions, you know, kind of graffiti-ish. I think this is Paul Lyons. And if it is, he's the guy who screen printed my blacklight posters. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And even printing uh, was a big thing in Fort Thunder. Yeah, even Jim Mafood early on had some proportional stuff that would happen that way. Tom Hart is, uh, I think he's doing this with somebody, but that's Tom Hart. And I thought this was uh, Devil Dinosaur, who we're going to see another story with, but it's credited as Micronauts. I think that's wrong in the credits. That is that wrong. Has to be yeah, that's, Moon, that's Moon, Moon Boy. Boy. Yeah. Yeah, unmistakably, you know, Crib and Kirby. All right, man. Here we go. Matt Brinkman, another one of the um, the big standouts from Fort Thunder, doing Warlock, and I think it might be the, the best Warlock. It's certainly on the short list. Like it's a style that really fits with what Warlock looks like, and that obsessive drawing style for somebody who's like covered in circuitry. That's a pretty good pair. Yeah, it's fun. Those we'll, guys, if you we'll don't give it know, number three, by the way, if man. you don't know who who was number uh, two, I'm gonna say Sinkevich, I assume is number one. Yeah, Art Adams. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of video game influence is what they talk about with the Fort Thunder stuff too. Anybody at home? Tom Spurgeon was a big Fort Thunder advocate, and you can find writing. I think there might even be a a dedicated comics journal issue about Fort Thunder. That's pretty interesting because those guys were bringing that video game influence was something that nobody was really doing you know and uh it, it it felt it felt different whenever that stuff first hit tomb of dracula <laughs> <laughs> bride of frankenstein like at this time it, there would it would be impossible to imagine stuff like strange tales yeah. and things ever happening so this would be the only shot. This would be the only opportunity to do this kind of thing. See, this is the one that like, makes me think of those early SPX anthologies because you would get samples like this because like, what the SPX anthologies would be doing is it would be rare that somebody would do a, do a new piece yeah. for that. It would be a sample of books that they're selling. So you're getting all different shapes and sizes and then you would get some like that real shit computer lettering. This is so funny because you're doing Deathlock you know, like Deathlock has that inner monologue and they would do like computer fonts and stuff. Yeah. I, I kind of love this one's really weird, it's but you're right. It would fit right into some of those SPX anthologies. Yeah. And it's the built in like Windows comic looking as a Comic Sans or whatever. Yeah. It's real close to Comic Sans. <laughs> um, this is one, I, I don't know this artist either, but I really like the art in this. And I was looking like, like the feet to me, amazing drawing, like very minimal. It yeah. almost feels like you're tracing a photo or something, except it's off. All right. You know, like like it'd be bad AI art maybe today. Yeah. You know, how like we're like fingers aren't right or heads aren't quite right, but there's a precision to it that I really think is attractive. Yeah, it's a clean line. Yeah, very very clean, and there's just something about it too. And I love the amount of detail and stuff. Like, oh, put that city behind her and really go in and draw all those little windows and and bricks and things. But then you have just like an outline for your figures. Pretty different at that time. Yeah, <laughs> I would love, like. Imagine this book getting into the hands of like the the Marvel artists of the of the day, and just like oh, our jobs are not in jeopardy at yeah, all. Looking at this shit, <laughs> <laughs> Masters of Kung Fu making a little appearance here. 
it's also fun, like you say, not vetting like what you guys are going to cover and then seeing what people are into. Yeah, but but then, it, you know, as I said that, I sort of go back on that because it's it's blended. Like, there there is, there isn't two Doctor Strange stories, you know, so like they must have done something editorially to make sure that that doesn't happen. If you look closely, these are... They they got hold of blue lines. I got paper it. Yeah, I because got it's exact like paper. The instructions are on there. You know, like the art should be ten by fifteen, and if it's two page spread, like you cut on this blue line. So they have that there, and it's it's consistent throughout the story, except this one page where like it's drawn upside down. Yeah, I've 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 done that. <laughs> yeah, before. yeah. Like or like oops. It's such a brilliant. Uh, you know, if you're gonna have that as part of your story, it feels like yeah, I don't think it was on purpose. You gotta flip one around. I don't think that was on purpose. Well, then a happy accident to them. Hey, here's the other devil dinosaur in Moon Boy. This is Pete Carden, another cartoonist. I'm not sure what else they may have done, but I love this story. Look how good like the arm on Devil Dinosaur is. It's such a alternative comics kind of mashup weirdness. It is because like you see the Kirbyisms in there, mm -hmm. but then it turns to fucking Larry Martyr, <laughs> you know, a couple panels later. It's so great. It's like stepping on tanks. This is such a perfect kind of thing to do with a Devil Dinosaur. Just have them, just havoc. It's it's Godzilla practically, and the square jaw mouth. It's good stuff. Truckosaurus. Looking. This is what you do. This is this is a smart move. Got to have that panel where you draw everybody. Yeah, where you actually get to draw some dudes. It feels perfectly Fort Thunder too. Too like you don't go with Captain America and Daredevil and all that. You got to go with like the B listers. We're we're punk rock. I'm gonna linger there for anybody at home who's trying to figure out who drew what. This is the, the main key to it. And they're not in a perfect order. So you basically have to find like Man-Thing, Silver Surfer, Galactus, and then see who the artist is listed after them. Big ass indicia. And I think a couple of them are just wrong. Like Guardians of the Galaxy is listed in here, but uh, Doctor Strange isn't. Um, you know, I mentioned Micronauts on that one. Yeah. Clearly Devil Dinosaur page. So Yeah, here's your Micronauts. Oh yeah, here it is. Yeah, that other, that other uh, Devil Dinosaur is just not... It's not sided right. So part of the charm. This is by somebody, A-R-E. It looks like CF to me. Uh, and I kind of like it. It's G.I. Joe and he's fighting like robots. It's only a couple of pages, but it feels like that very clean figure style that, uh, that I think of with CF, but maybe not. And then uh, Brian Ralph doing a hostess ad. Makes perfect sense for the gestalt of the thing. And a couple of pinups, probably I'm guessing to round out your page count. If I had to guess. Yeah, sure. And this is definitely Paul Lyons, who, like I said, had printed um, my screen posters. They printed the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, too. Like, all the black light posters I've done, I think, Yeah. he's printed. So, the headlight is the name of his print shop. If anybody's looking for prints, did a good job on mine. So, one of those early, like, uh, you know when eBay becomes a thing? I don't oh, know yeah. if you had this experience, Ed, but it was like, oh, man, I can try to track down some comics. Because it was hard to find stuff. If, if your local store didn't have it, you know, I was out of luck, maybe one convention or two a year. But it was hard to find back issues. So once eBay shows up, like, I kind of went wild on all these things that I had heard about and wanted. And this was definitely one of those uh, early eBay purchases for me. I wish I had my list of, like, all the books I ever got off eBay. Yeah. I'm sure there's some shame on that list. <laughs> but I'd be so curious because, you know, you forget some of this stuff. I mean, it's probably been, I don't know how long eBay's been there, but buying weird comics there for 20 years probably yeah man uh first time i ever saw it was uh probably within the first five times of hanging out with you man wasn't it like a grail it was like a grail book you know well, like I, if I you never... were into alternative weird shit this was about as uh one of those early good good signs i like never knew said, about it alternative cartoonists weren't drawing superheroes so if, if that was fun for you this was the book yeah totally man uh 
Okay, favorites, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. And right now, uh, we got some books that are going to be coming out soon. I have Re uh, Red Room Crypto Killers 1 and 2, in which your stores can order those at this very moment. Two trades of that uh, exist for volumes of Hip Hop Family Treats, the 10-year anniversary of that comic. So scoop that up, check it out uh, if you haven't already. Three volumes, X-Men Grand Design and WYSIWYG. Jimmy, tell the people what you have. Hulk Grand Design, Street Angel Deadly Girl Alive, Street Angel Princess of Poverty, and The Plain Janes are my latest books that are out or coming out soon. You can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug and see more of my art and uh, download out of print zines and mini comics and see what I'm working on next. But that's not all, people. Tell them what else uh, they can do to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, mugs, stickers, and more at our at our spread shop. That link is also below this video. Great way to support the channel. Give them the Marching Gorgeous Jimmy. We'll be on our way. Make more comics.